Welcome to the Blues Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Martin, and back with us this week, Chris Frank is back. Yeah. Back from, where were you, Oklahoma? I've been everywhere, dude. Uh, I think the last time you guys did one, I was actually in Columbus, Ohio for Rock on the Range. That's right. I sent you the picture of me and Jerrica. Correct. That's what happened during last podcast with uh, Jeff Ponder. So thank you, Jeff, for being on the show, which was awesome. So I appreciate that. Uh, check out Jeff's show, uh, the Face-Off show, which is they will be recording tomorrow or uh, Sunday, whatever, the 22nd yeah. of June. They'll be recording again, and they'll be getting their two cents in before the draft because he's heading to the draft. So. Which is kind of awesome. Yeah, so I might have him uh, on afterwards as a quick little segment maybe yeah, just to fill everybody in. I would how... say he's likely to be much more informed on the uh, potential draft picks than us. Yes, we'll go over uh, our interview with Mike. Well, excuse me. I was available. Chris was still somewhere various places around the united states uh i got my interview with mike pepping of the hockeywriters.com also uh jeff's co-host on the face-off show and we talked prospects uh we had a good named about a good five prospects that are in the range for the blues to pick at number 21 uh talked about a local kid ryan mckinnis yeah so listen at the end of this podcast for that hopefully hopefully everything turned out good i'm still making sure that's okay if not well we'll see so anyway it will be a good interview so Everything worked out okay. So, unfortunately, last time when me and Jeff recorded, all the news happened <laughs> like the two day days after. after. So, <laughs> the Blues decided to just drop a whole bunch of stuff on us. Uh, some of the stuff we kind of talked about. And first was the goaltending situation. Which, which was a little shocking. I admit it was shocking that it'd be done this soon. I thought yeah. it'd be happening like in the after free agency started. Well, I thought that if they were going to go down the road of Miller, it would be relatively quick. Um, I did not expect them to announce that they signed Brian Elliott that fast. So, yes. Yeah, so Brian Elliott is signed a three-year deal for uh, excuse me, $7.5 million. So that breaks down to $2.5 million a year, which is, I would say, a bargain. So it looks like it will be Allen and Elliott, which is an interesting uh, combo. Well, I, I kind of get the vibe that, this is still going to be, even though Elliot's obviously the starter to start this season, that this is going to end up being more of a Halak and Elliot type of situation as the season rolls on. Um, you know, obviously the uh, the plan is for Jake Allen to be the long term future of this team, and I really think that he can be. Um, not to you know drudge up the past, but I think we've said numerous times on this podcast that I, I remember seeing that kid play in World Juniors and thinking that, yeah. that guy is great. Um, I don't think he's ready to do 82 games this year, and that's fully why you know Elliot's here. But I don't, I don't, I, I could be wrong, but I don't see this as a situation where Elliot plays 65 games or 70 games, and then you bring in Allen to do 12 relief games. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be the case. Yep, I'm looking at it like a 50-30, yeah. or something like I that. I mean, I think that Elliott takes the bulk, but I don't think it's a horribly skewed ratio. I think it's you know 60-40. Yeah, I think uh, having Brian Elliott is be an excellent person to learn from uh, preparation-wise. Uh, those two got along really yep. well um, from 
Elliot's always talked about how uh, he likes Jake Allen and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, so I think it was a better. They seem to have good camaraderie on Twitter, that's for sure. Yes, after a couple of fishing stories back yeah. and forth, which was very interesting. So, um, Brian Elliott, let's go with last year's record. It was 18-6-2, uh, save percentage of .922, and shutouts of four. And he was second in the league with a 1.96 goals against. Which is really kind of crazy yeah. when you think about the fact that um, both he and Halak were so good. Um for over that three year span, you know, and, and we even talked about this, I think, when we made the trade for, for Ryan Miller was that it wasn't necessarily that either Halak or Elliot were bad. There were just so many crucially bad goals at yeah, t- ex- bad timing moles. Yeah, it, it, it just times were like they stuck out like a sore thumb and you oh, with with Brian Elliott, you always go back to game six against L.A. The Penner goal. Yeah, with like, what, 0.3 seconds yeah. left. And, you know, you can't make your judgment on one on a goalie by one goal, but... I think that's just, it stuck out so much that it sure. made, that made the decision, well, like, you look at easier, that. But. You look at the fact that it was the second year in a row that Halak was injured and couldn't go. Mm-hmm. There, were, there were so many things that added up cumulatively that I think things that Halak had done wrong were affecting Elliot's stock and things that Elliot had done wrong were f- were affecting Halak's stock. And it was this weird symbiotic relationship where they were both like almost the same guy in a lot of Blues players' eyes. And I don't hate Elliot as the starter, but I got to admit I'm trepidatious. It's an uh, unsure commodity, which I, which I think uh... – been said by a couple of the uh, beat writers for the Blues. So yeah. compared to having your sure thing, number one goalie, like a Miller or even a Halak or yep. you know, if they got Jonas Hiller or something like that out there. But they sure. went with uh, giving Elliott the full bore, which one year in, in Ottawa he did really, really well. Uh, uh, but then after that he fell apart and then yeah. traded to Colorado and didn't do good. Colorado was kind of a crap team that year. But he didn't do good in Colorado, which led to him barely getting a minor league deal with us that year and right. leading to what he did. So I think it's – very indicative of having the team in front of you, whatever that and helps out. the team out. seems comfortable in front of them. Which I think is key. Uh, like, I think one of the things, going back to what you're saying about, like, uh, the circumstances, like, the goals that like, happen, like, yeah. some weak goals, whatever. Um, one thing I always stuck out in my mind was the uh, Chicago game earlier in the year after uh, Christmas, the 28th, I believe. The mm-hmm. one I had to wear the, game, the jersey to. Sure. Unfortunately. So, um, remember, they went up real quick on Halak at two quick goals. One yeah. was kind of sketchy. Uh, then... Elliot came in. Blues kind of came back, tied it, um, and then there was a point shot from Seabrook or whoever it was at the time. Just literally got the puck and just blindly threw it on net, and he went, and Elliot went the glove and just simply missed, missed. it, and yeah. it went in net. And I think stuff like that sticks out. Absolutely. So, mind you, there's saves where Elliot like amazing saves, but then there was a saves like that when there's stuff like that happened. So that's why I think it's more like you said, like we were talking about unsure commodity and stuff like that sticks out, which has led to the whole Miller coming well, in or whatever, but I th- it's something I think having a quality team in front of you can cover that up, and then you and as long as you make sure you make the saves that you have to save, yeah. and then when it comes time to the playoffs, there's every once in a while you need to make that save where they don't think you're going to make that save. That's the thing that I think is going to be one of the factors looking into next season for the Blues. I agree. So. And, you know, I I think that this fan base is 
sort of shell shocked when it comes to goalies because you know throughout you know I'm I'm 37 so the first goalie that I can really identify with because I don't remember much of Vincent Riendo is, is Curtis Joseph mm-hmm. and you know he was the quintessential guy who could stand on his head for 82 games and then get into the playoffs and would just fall apart. Yeah, and you know it, it seems like it's been one after another after another with this team, be it you know Grant Fuhr, who again got hurt, much like Halak, um, or you know on down the line, you name your goalie who, who's led this team into the playoffs. And Brett it's a, Johnson, yeah, it, it's yeah, a shame that yeah. we never really got uh, a run with Halak in the playoffs because let's be honest, that's the whole reason we picked him up is what he did in Montreal. Yeah. Um, he was the hot goalie of that. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you make the trade and you get Ryan Miller and, and Miller does exactly what every blues goalie in the past does, which was make some amazing saves and you go, Oh my God, it's the answer. Here we go. And then you, and then he turns around 30 seconds later and the Taves goal. Like we saw. Yeah. And does something where it's, it looks like he's never played hockey before in three, excuse me. Yeah. So, um, Interesting. I think that's good. Like I said, I think it's a good move on. The- I'm glad to have that done. Yes. Like so that you was focus you've, on you've put the, Yeah. You've put the goaltending to bed. Now you can focus on what I think is was shown in the playoffs is the true problem with this team. And that's consistent scoring, which we'll talk about in our free agency segment a little bit later. Yep. But, uh, I think the other, uh, aspect of him getting signed to was, um, it's all to Ryan Miller. And his agent, and basically, for whatever, it hasn't really come out, but basically, it was said that uh, the term and money was way too high for them. You know what's funny is I was watching was it either I was either watching NHL Live or I was listening to one of the shows on NHL Network on Sirius XM, and Ryan Miller's name came up, and they were talking about Anaheim at this time. And this was like a week or so ago. And they made the comment that they expected that Ryan Miller might take a one-year or a two-year deal if it was a situation where you know he could be where he wanted to be and win. And I was laughing to myself going, oh, apparently not, because it's not like the Blues are an awful team. And from all the reports, it sure sounded like he did not want to move off of that $7 million figure. Uh, like, yeah. Well, it's like six to seven. Six to seven, yeah. And really. then he was looking for at least three to five. Yeah. So, you know, and look, I don't blame the guy for wanting that, but I think there was a very critical problem with Ryan Miller that was exposed when he came to the Blues. And, you know, I'm not saying that Ryan Miller is not a good goalie because he is. And I still kind of wish he would have, you know, there would have been a way to work it out with him in the Blues. But I think that there was a lot of faults with him that were not necessarily attributed to him in Buffalo because the team was so bad that when you put him on a team like St. Louis where everybody, there wasn't, I'm sure there were some detractors, but I would say a good 95% of the hockey riding professionals really figured that that trade was cementing St. Louis to get a Stanley Cup. And then he gets here and is a 500 goalie, I believe. Like, essentially a 500 goalie. Yeah, above. Because he won the first, like, nine games, but then he lost, like, the next five. and So, slightly above. Yeah. I have to look the stat up to be exact. But I knew, uh, he was a sli- I knew he was above 500. So, but anyway. But you look at that, it kind of makes you go, oh, 
how much of this is the Buffalo Sabres and Ryan Miller being on a bad team's fault, and how much is this just stuff that we didn't notice with Ryan Miller? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, I forget. I think I might have been on the uh, Puck Daddy blog where they, they just did a lot, all goalies type stat yeah. where it was shots above above 30 shots and below 30 shots. So they just did like an average. And the save percentage for above, I think it was like 35 than under whatever it was. And they said save percentage. And actually, save percentage is better above 35 than under 30 or whatever yeah. it was, something like that. It was a, it was crazy. It was just, so I think it's uh, depending on the goal you have. I think Elliot's one of the few that also is what's the I'm trying to think of the word um, eccentric. Like Halak, he was very different, and it seemed yeah. like he didn't really like. Halak never seemed like a team guy. Yeah, like he was to himself a lot, whatever. And and Miller, from what, he, from what I heard, was better with teammates. But he was an eccentric, like kind of a different guy, you know, laid, sure. like really laid back, you know. And everybody's like, you know, like the comment. He's a California guy. Yeah, he was like really laid back. So that and then, but Elliot comes off as like, oh, he likes to hang out with the team. Yeah. Um, gets along with all the guys. Hi, Lando. Thanks for thanks for joining the show, buddy. Hey, buddy. So anyway. Uh, next, we'll go into sticking on goaltending, sort of. We'll stick with the uh, goaltending coaches hired as well, which I thought would drag on, but that kind of got solved pretty quick. Uh, the Blues hired Jim Corsi, who was actually Ryan Miller's old goaltending coach. And hired him after we decided after we saw got, have Yeah, which Ryan was interesting. Uh, Corsi's been around the league for a long time. He's been 16 seasons with the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, he coached multiple Vesna winners, including Ryan Miller and Dominic Hasek. Twice for Hasek, actually. Uh, the next, uh, let's see, I'm trying to look for a couple of things here. He only played very few games, actually 89 professional games between Edmonton and the Quebec Nordiques when they were in the WHA, actually. Oh, wow. So he was actually on a multiple Olympic teams, uh, a coach for multiple Olympic teams, World Ice Hockey Championships, uh, so on and so forth. Um, he also comes up with an uh, interesting uh stat maker he's actually uh one of the guys who's called the Corsi rating which a lot of you if there's any of you out there have like an advanced stats uh yep. guy he's the guy who created it which his Corsi rating is an individual stat figured by calculating the number of shots directed toward the offensive goal versus the number of shots directed toward the defensive goal while in 5 on 5 situations all right excluding empty net shots so he can translation. Like, you are a math dude. Yeah, which, and I mean, you are way smarter than me. So interesting hire by the Blues. Um, I think that sure, I think I think they brought him in more as a you're for Jake Allen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I think a- that's any more move at goaltending at this point has got to be made for Jake Allen, not necessarily for uh, <laughs> for Brian. Uh, <laughs> What's up, buddy? Lando. Hey, everybody. Oh, hi, buddy. Thanks for joining. I know it's raining outside. I know it's okay. So we'll go into our last uh, signing for the Blues so far. They signed uh, Joachim Lindstrom sure. from the Swedish Hockey League for, I'm going to mess this name up, but I'm going to go with it, Skeltivia, AIK of the Swedish Hockey League. All right. Had 63 points, 23 goals, and 40 assists, 72 penalty minutes, and 55 games. Uh, tied for 18 points in the playoffs, and he helped that team lead to their second consecutive title. Also was on the bronze medal team for the IHF World Championships this year. Originally a second-round pick, 41st overall, for the Columbus Blue Jackets in 2002. Uh, total, let's see, that was in Sweden stats. Oh, excuse me, wrong. His total stats at NHL is 33 points, 15 goals, 18 assists, and 46 penalty minutes and 97 career games. So about a point every three games. All right. Um, 
so he's actually a good friend of Alexander Steen, who like, pretty much probably why he signed with us. He was courted by multiple teams, uh, supposedly. Led the league in uh, his league in scoring. Um, at the end of the day, uh, it's fine. $700,000 contract, it's one fine. year, one way. Uh, he'll probably wind up looking at third line duty, which is nice. Uh, he has some speed too, which is nice. He can hang out with Magnus Piarvi. Yeah, so those two will probably be fighting over that third line left wing spot. Yep. So uh, interesting signing, which uh, is basically making up for the um, Yori Lahitra. Yeah. Non signing since he's off another year in the KHL. Unfortunately, he's a center, which would have been nice. But uh, and he's tearing it up, and he actually centered uh, Tarasenko before uh, he came over. Boy, it'd be great to get those two guys over here together. Uh, well, by the time Lahatra's, uh, I think I'm saying that right, uh, contract is up, he'll actually be an unrestricted free agent, so Ooh. anybody can sign him. So Ooh. I think that's what he's kind of waiting for because the Blues basically said you can come over, but you know if you have to go down for you know to AHL for a while, um, that's going to have to happen. And then he said, no, no, I'm good. Yeah, I, I don't blame the guy for that. So. That's fine. Uh, I think it's, it's a fine signing. Uh, more depth. More guys going to be fighting harder for positions now. So sure. That's fine. Uh, let's go with a couple more news and notes before we move into the free agency part of the show. Sure. Um, let's see. Well, let's I go first here. Let's go with it. Chris Zimmerman was named president and CEO of business operations, basically taking over for Bruce Affleck. Who took like a more executive VP another, type job? Basically, from everything I've kind of gathered via Twitter, from he's dealing with like the big gun, like yeah, big gun accounts, yeah, kind of like helping out. He's going to report to Zimmerman, uh, but Affleck pretty much held a lot of positions. Was given this position by Stillman because he was uh, very uh, pro Stillman when he was getting taken when taking over the team, helping him out. Yeah. So Affleck was pretty much given this position as a kind of, I guess, I'm not going to speculate, but it's kind of like a thank you, but sure. I trust you type thing. And then, uh, not many more revenue streams are made. Probably is from right. what I, what I what I've heard on Twitter. From it's been alluded to at least sure. on Twitter. So, um, so this guy's brought in thirty years of experience. Started out at Nike, um, went to the Vancouver Canucks when they were going to the Stanley Cup final. So just uh, you know, and he's a friend of Stillman's. So well, that's all that needs to be said. So. But the guy's experience, he's not just some guy, which is sure. that's, which is good. So I think it'll be interesting. Uh bring him in and uh hopefully get some more revenue streams. I'm all I'm all about the blues making some uh, sweet cash, I'd like to say. I didn't see the um the final numbers for this year, but did the blues break even? Uh nothing's been said yet. I know they're doing their budget this month yeah. for this coming season, so I'm sure that stuff will start to come out after that. So, I would imagine, that or if it's out there, I have not seen it. At least I'm I would imagine thinking. that we're probably going to be losing a little bit. Again. I think, uh, from what I heard from like, Ray Rutherford, has talked yeah. on uh, his chats and stuff that it really hurt the team not getting out in the first round. Yeah. So, well, almost as much as the fact that that awful concessions deal. Yeah, the concessions deal, a lot of the parking deal. Uh, well, the concessions deals for like what another fifteen years yeah, or something like that. Uh, like at least ten. I know it was double digits. Jeez. He talked. He's talked about it a couple of times. I'll have to kind of look at it again. But I know it was. A, it was basically something that Chekets was trying to just get money. Sure. At the time, which yeah, obviously can't blame him, dude. He's trying. To, he just invested in a lot of money in a team. Yeah. And he's trying to get some money back. So um, let's go into our last little thing. So today. The home opener was announced, but the rest of the schedule will be announced tomorrow, so we won't be able to bring you that. So I highly suggest uh, check out both our Twitters. Yep, we know two games officially now. Yeah, so uh, first one is uh, October 4th in Minneapolis, uh, Blues at Wild. For their home opener. 
Blue's home opener is I got the date right on their little guessing game today, unfortunately, but I didn't get the team right, so I didn't win tickets. Darn. Yeah. So August, let's see, August, that'd be nice. October 9th against the Eastern Conference champions, the New York Rangers. Which I think is awesome for two reasons. A. It's not Nashville. It's not Nashville. <laughs> Correct. Because, man, it seems like we always open up against Nashville. Which is fine, man, because the last couple of years it's been good. Right. Yeah. But, but number two, I like that it's like a legitimate uh, test out of the gate. Yeah. And you kind of. Although get that. I don't. I. I and we could talk about this at a later date when we go to, when we decide to recap the season of the playoffs. But I think the Rangers really overachieved. Oh like, yeah, by two rounds at least. Yeah, like I, I number one, I didn't see them getting past Pittsburgh, and then I really thought Montreal that, would take. Well, if Carey Price had been healthy, I don't think the Rangers get past Montreal. Correct. I believe. Really um, but yeah, man. I mean, look. For how many years now have we talked about this team's a team ready to play and ready to win a championship? Well, now you're going to start your season at home against the Eastern Conference champions. So go beat them. Yep. So show you're ready. Yep. And then we'll lead into. Uh, I'll talk about real quick about the draft. We alluded to it already. Blues have nine picks. They have one in the first, uh, two in the second, one in the third, fourth, fifth. No, one in the third, fourth, two in the sixth, and seven. Yeah. Uh, so, be interesting. I hope they stock up. It could they be some need trades. To. They have some trades. It could be interesting. Uh, like I said, listen to our interview afterwards to get more in, uh, info about possible uh, prospects that the Blues might draft. Yep. Um, so, Mike Pepping and I went over that earlier this week. So, uh, we'll just kind of leave it at that and see. We'll, we'll go over. Our, we'll have a draft uh, recap show to kind of go over things and. Uh, show what happened could be a wild seven days with uh trade rumors going through the air which we'll get into right now with our yep. free agency slash i guess trade preview so free agency uh the blues have a couple of free agents left still being uh brendan moreau uh steve ott yep uh adam cracknell uh carlo coyacvo as the unrestricted free agents the out of the big club i'm not gonna well go and the technically league. ryan miller and yeah technically ryan miller so out of those ones, I think we sort of talked about this earlier and basically said we like Ott at a, the right price. Yeah, and I'm trying to trying to remember who I just read uh, is really interested in Ott and is waiting Buff- to the 25th. I saw Buffalo. Well, Buffalo, I think, is an obvious one because he was there. It was another Eastern Conference team, and I want to say Philadelphia. I don't, that definitely doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me, me at all. Um, from what I've understood is that there were some initial conversations between the blues and Ott shortly after the end of the season, but they've kind of cooled off. Yep. But Armstrong has also said, as far as all the UFAs that the blues have, Ott is the one that they really want to try to get done. Yes. Which that doesn't surprise me either. Not at all. And I've said, I think from day one when he got here that I like Steve Ott, but if you had put a gun to my head and said which one stays and which one goes, I would have told you that I thought Steve Ott was going to go and Ryan Miller was going to stay. Oh yeah, I would now I, if I'm wrong and I kind of hope I am, um, I'm fine with that. I think Steve Ott could fill the role that Brendan Morrow did on this team. Yep, fourth line in a much better way. Yeah, fourth line, uh, excellent faceoff man. Yeah, which terrific would be, face-off. which would be awesome. Can jump to the top lines if needed. It wasn't yep. that effective, but he could at least fill he in. Gets and it done. Not not look lost, basically. Correct. 
So let's. Uh, so I, I agree with all those guys. I think that's the guy that's going to come back. I mean, Brendan Cole Yakovo, done, done, gone. Miller, obviously. Oh, excuse gone. me, Derek Roy, which I don't. Yeah, count Derek Roy, gone. You can uh, suck a dick, sir. Brendan Morrow. Uh, I mean, I won't say never, but I don't think he's coming back. I got a feeling, depending on how he gets some feelers out there, he could be one of the like training camp in- invitees. Like, hey, you can win a contract with us, but let's see how you look. Just based on like, hey, I know Hall. Yeah. Hey, I know Armstrong. Sure. I see that happen, but if another team says, "Hey, we'll give you guaranteed, you know, one million dollar contract," right? I still think I think winning a Stanley Cup means something to him. So that could, you know, he's won one in his rookie year in the past. Uh, you never know; he could just want to win one more, or he could just say, "Hey, I just need to make my money while I can." So yeah. Um. So restructured free agents, which uh, pretty much not going anywhere. Uh, Jaden Schwartz, he'll be fine. He'll not stay. going anywhere. Um. I think that's it. Oh, excuse me, Patrick Berglund. Sorry, I'm missing that. Which, one. which, which we'll talk about now. Let's yeah. go into that. Uh, so the trade rumors are swirling around the St. Louis Blues, which is I like to see. Honestly, I like to see that our team is in. Seems like anywhere you look, almost any trade that's out there, pretty much right now. Sure. Um, Blues at least been at least minorly rumored, which is yeah. It's nice to see that they're ha- like either a a lot of information is going to put out there by Army, or b they're actually involved in every angle possible well and i think this also relates back to the conversations that you and i had uh as soon as the season was over was you know this team has to address scoring and is going to have to do it with a player in their prime you know don't bring me a paul korea who's five years over the hill mm-hmm. or a brendan morrow or a Derek roy who's in the same place and um you know, uh, for those people living under a rock, the the player that we're really kind of talking about right now is Jason Spezza. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that first started to break, that it looked like Ottawa was going to have to deal him, you and I were just talking, and I said, man, I, I would love him, but I got a feeling that, that price tag would be enormous. And everything that I've read right now and everything that I've heard – makes it sound that it's really a two-team race right now between the Blues and the Anaheim Ducks. And everything you read regarding the Blues' offer is Berglund, either a first or a second-round pick. More than likely a second. And maybe a prospect. Now, is that prospect going to be a prospect that's in the system now? Or is this going to be something that happens after the draft? Or is this going to be we trade them one of our now draft picks? Like, I don't know. If they want draft picks for this coming draft, that trade's got to get done in the next four days. And I was watching an interview with their general manager on Thursday. And he basically said, you know, whenever you trade somebody of the caliber of Jason Spezza, you don't win the trade. All you can do is hope to get as much quality as you can back in return. And he basically said there is no trade eminent. If we're not happy with what we can get back in return for him, he's got a year left on his contract and there will be no trade made. So, I mean, again, that could be them obviously playing poker and not wanting to show their cards, but it sure doesn't sound like from the Ottawa side that trade is as close to happening as what we hear in St. Louis. Yeah, so it sounds uh, 
interesting. Uh, the furthest I would honestly go right now is Berglin. At, I really don't want to do the Edmonton second because it's so close to the first sure. round, you know. But if I have to, I have to. And then a lower end. Okay, let's put it this way. A, probably a lower end prospect like uh, Hockenpah or right. uh, something like Unfortunately, William Carrier is not there. That's somebody who would, exactly I would have Correct. included. But, uh, well, the other thing I heard was that I heard that it may be a lower draft pick. And if it was a lower draft pick, it could be the low draft pick, Berglund and Shattenkirk. Yeah, which that's way too much. That happens. I won't Is be happy. It? Yes, a hundred percent for a guy on a one-year contract that you don't know he's going to do next year. Hell's no. That would that when you're you look at well, like what happened with Miller and stuff. Like it was like pretty much like Halak, which is a throw in to make salary work. Well, because he had I don't know, right away. I don't know if I would call a one-year contract the same as thirty-two games. I, I get your point of view, and I, I get that. You know the Blues are in a situation where they don't necessarily need to panic and and push everything in, but I will say that there needs to be an injection of new blood into this team. Oh, yeah, and, I agree. And, and not new blood in the form of a Tyratty outside the organization. Although I would love it, it's got to be a name and a name that scores. Mm-hmm. It just has to be this fan base. Um, Needs something to be energized about. Yeah, another uh, what's called the other rumor outside of Spezza. The Spezza one seems to be the most pre- prevalent and realistic. I would say that uh, it depends on what Anaheim's going to offer. But Anaheim is also looking at this guy, Ryan Kessler, which I, the rumor was the uh, excuse me, Vancouver. The only person they wanted to start with is T.J. Oshie. Dude, I read. And again, take this with a grain of salt because I read this on Hockey Buzz. Like we said, this is like that's definitely that definitely take us a grain of salt then, right? Because 100%. Hockey Buzz is ninety eight percent. I miss correct. Yeah, that Oshi was the constant that that had he had to be part of the deal. The other two parts were I heard that they wanted Oshi, they wanted Schwartz and Tarasenko. Yes, and I. Immediately, I'm not going to cuss, but go f yourself. Mm-hmm. We're good. Yeah, that's, we don't need all that. Yeah, it's like uh, two future superstars and one pretty much guy who's. I say, oh, she hasn't peaked. Oh no, no, no. But, no, I'm, no. but a guy who's getting there, like yeah. start on the trend, very much trending upward after, especially after his Olympic performance. Yeah. So you're looking at, yeah, just way too much. So, and then the other one was like, uh, Oshie. Oshi a, a, a first and Schwartz or Tarasenko, something like that. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. And I also heard somewhere, and I don't remember where this was, that the Blues were kicking the tires on Kessler and Bacchus basically walked in and said, ah, no. Yeah, I haven't heard of that, but I mean, I figured that's kind of one of those like, yeah, that would be really uncomfortable locker room, which you really don't want right now. So do those two just not like each other? It's the, the You know the story, right? I, I, apparently, I don't. Okay, so apparently during the year where the Blues like had a miraculous second half and we made the playoffs. Right, the year we got swept by Vancouver. Correct. Okay. Apparently during the game, this is when Bacchus is still kind of the up-and-coming rough guy. Is rough this guy. the one where he said something about his wife? Correct. Okay. Where he was like, tell Kelly I said hi. Or right, right. That's the rumor. That's I never been said. That. Okay. Which, obviously, they don't like each other because the next year was the first time they did the all-star quote-unquote draft. Right. And Kessler was one of the associate captains because it was in Ottawa, I think. 
So he's one of the associate captains for, I think, Alfred's team, which we sure. got picked for. And then Bacchus pretty much, he was our only representative that year, pretty yeah. much said, if I don't get picked, whoever doesn't pick me, I'm going to, you know, beat the living crap out of him or, you know, hit him really right. hard or something like that. So Kessler comes on stage and he's the one who has to do the announcement. Like instead of having it Alfredson, yeah. which I don't know if that was planned or like sure. one of the guys maybe ribbing the other guy or something. I don't know. And basically he's like, Kessler comes up and like really like quietly. He's just like, well, I don't want this guy to beat us up. So I guess we'll pick David Backus. Backus uh, comes up and he just, kind of, all of them are posing with the guy and like smiling for camera with the jersey in front of him. Kessler really just hands it to him, just walks away. Yeah. So there, there was something there. So that's one of those things where, don't be wrong, at the end of the day, you wouldn't want a cup. So Yeah, but dude, you can't mess with chemistry. And right now, we have a locker room that seems to be all going in the same direction. Yeah. And I don't want to start confusing sports, but I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Let me tell you about the year that we had Terrell Owens. That's right, you did Terrell Owens. For a year. And that was on the year where like he signed with Buffalo because nobody, literally, nobody, nobody else wanted him. Um. You that was after the Dallas, right? Or was yes, that after Philly? It was after Dallas. No, it was after Dallas and Philly. Oh wow, that's right. Um you have to be cognizant of situations like that when you're putting a team together, especially if that issue is with someone like David Backus. You don't want to upset the balance in the locker room ever, especially not when the other person that you're talking about is the guy who's really kind of the heartbeat of this team. Yeah. Um I like Kessler, but and I'm going to make another sports analogy that's outside of hockey. I, I think Kessler is almost like Chris Bosh. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when the, when the big three got assembled in Miami, everyone was like, oh, God, Chris Bosh, Chris Bosh. Dude, he's okay. Yeah, he's okay. He's like, he's good. He's not great. And I think. You know, obviously, by the rumors of what Vancouver is asking in return for Ryan Kessler, I see Anna way overvalued. I see Anaheim uh, ponying up there. Uh, the rumor for them. This is all like we said. These are all rumors for now. So hopefully, we'll see something over the draft actually happen. Uh, they were offering a roster player being Nick Bonino, yeah. a solid third, maybe second line on some team guy, uh, first rounder, and. Uh, a high prospect and some place I read was Sammy Votnin, who was like their really good defensive prospect that yeah. just because they're so stacked on defense right now that he can't make the team like in a heartbeat. I'd rather take Bonino Votnin in a first rounder and they have two first rounders this year. Cause for Ottawa, they have Ottawa's number 10 pick yeah. and they're offering their lower pick, which is like 24th or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, I would take that in a heartbeat. I tell the blues like, sorry, <laughs> like, a heartbeat. So I see I see Kessler there, but Kessler does have a no trade clause where I think he can list like ten teams. Kind of the same thing I Spezza so has. Well, and so I think- he might not even go want to go to Anaheim. The rumor was he only was wants to go to the Blackhawks or Pittsburgh, is what I read yesterday. God, could you imagine him with the Blackhawks? Blackhawks would have to do a lot could of moving. Could I hate him anymore? They would have to do a lot of moving around. Well, so yeah. I, I Chicago would be really hard, but. If they can get somebody to take a couple of their kind of bad contracts, like the Versteeg contract and uh, sure. Bickle, um, even Bickle, because Bickle in the playoffs played well, but during the season, Chicago fans are hating him. Oh, dude, Bickle's the guy who shows up in the playoffs. He's a new age Dustin Penner. Yes. So uh, let's go to the free agency preview. Sure. Just, we'll talk about a couple of guys that we think are interesting. Uh, we'll do the obvious one, the start, 
and we also had a new one to add to the list after today. So we'll go yeah. with the first one. Uh, Paul Stasny with the Colorado Avalanche, uh, rumored to have a multiple year offer sitting on sitting on his in his hands, pretty much from Colorado, but he has been holding on to it for a long time. So who knows what's going to happen there? Well, I think he at least wants to wait to the twenty fifth, which you which is when you can talk to teams, can officially sign, but you can pretty much have like a handshake agreement type thing. Yep. Um, so I think that's very interesting. Uh, I think he, as I know Jeff Ponder on the show has said before, will be the guy to turn things around. It's a lot of pressure to put on the kid. Correct. I think it is a lot of pressure, but I also think um, he's what this. Te- I'm more like this is what the team needs. I guess is what more Jeff said. I don't want to put yeah. words in his mouth. I would say in regards to Stasny, if he doesn't sign with Colorado by the 26th. Um, well, let's, you start talking on the 25th, and then you the f- July 1st is when you officially right. sign with other teams. I would say if he doesn't sign with Colorado by the 26th. Which would be the Thursday before the draft. He's not going to sign. I think so. Because, you know, he's going to get a handful of handshake agreements on the 25th. Mm. Like you got to think the blues are going to come on the 25th and go, this is what we'll offer you. The blues have a couple of things working their way too. Sure. One being he's from here, from here. Uh, always wanted to be, a, always wanted to play for the blues. Yep. Uh, two, he does have friends on the team. Um, unfortunately one was traded this year. Yeah. Uh, Chris Stewart being getting shipped over to, uh, Buffalo, Buffalo, but uh, Kevin Chattenkirk, they're all at uh, Chris uh, Stewart's wedding together. Yep. I believe he was actually part of the wedding. Um, so having friends on here, so obviously Shatt- I'm sure I'm not. I'm 100 sure. I'm sure Shattenkirk's like, hey, I'm signing for another four years. Yeah, you know, why don't you? Well, and you know, look, come I, this way. He will know within 24 hours of the talking period what's out there. Yeah, he's going to know. Yeah. He may not know exactly what the number will be. But he and his agent will have a good idea of, are you going to be able to get what you want? And that's why I say, like, if the 25th is when teams can start talking, if he doesn't sign that deal that Colorado's got in front of him by the 26th, he's not going to sign it. Think because so? Yeah, because he'll know, I can wait till the 1st and go here. Now, depending on who you talk to, he says that he wants to stay in Colorado. Yeah, his fiance is from there and so on and so forth. It's like college there. Right. So if he wants to stay in Colorado, then then sign the deal. But the fact that he hasn't makes you think that he wants to at least see what St. Louis has to say. Yeah. Uh, the other thing to put out there, there was a press conference with uh, Patrick Waugh and Joe Sackick. On I Thursday. saw that. So they didn't really answer the question but it was pretty much said that nobody's making more than matt duchenne who makes six million dollars so that means automatically he's gonna to have to pull back he's gonna to have he's last year he made 6.6 so this year so at the most he can make six million dollars colorado is going to have uh edmonton oiler type issues absolutely eventually they're gonna have well, all all this money invested in offense and not have anybody on dude, defense him and ryan o'reilly alone you know, well, if they sign both of them, there's $12 million. And there's another wrinkle added into this that the Colorado Avalanche elected to file club uh, club uh, what's my club arbitration, which means he can still sign a, get an offer sheet, Ronald Riley, because he is restricted for agents. But there, there will be an arbitration hearing on the end of July, not official date yet, mid to end of July, that basically says, 
Ryan O'Reilly gets to pick one or two year offer, whatever he wants to take. So if he does a two year offer, let's say he does a two year offer and gets X amount of dollars and it could go down. The team usually offers, according to this club arbitration, that your their salary can go down up to fifteen uh, percent what they made last year. Yep. So he might be losing money, and once this agreement comes through, let's say he gets two years, he made. Uh, let's see, let me pull it up real quick. I think he believe he made a five million last year. Well, let's say he go down to like even four million the next year. And talk then, about a guy who held a team over a barrel. Yeah, he's holding them out, and then all of a sudden... Man, oh, man. And that was back when that team was needing anybody to score goals. Mm-hmm. And then that's the year they finished 29th, and he came on later. Uh, hang on, I'm trying to pull this thing up. Yeah, I he, still he, really think that he's one of the most overrated players. Like He had a great year. I will take nothing away mm-hmm. from the year he had, but I don't expect him to put up those numbers year in and year out. Yeah, so basically uh, he signed a two-year $10 million offer sheet with uh, Calgary. So Colorado immediately um, matched it. So he made the first year, he got $2.5 million signing bonus, but uh, his salary is 3.5 out of that. And then next year, his salary was 6.5. Right. So an average of five. So that means his salary next year could go down 15%, which means it could go down to like under five. Yeah, Colorado's going to have a lot of problems. So, And they have McKinnon coming up in two years as RFA, so he could... Uh, and they just re-signed them. somebody this week. They re-signed uh, Jamie McGinn this week to 2.95 a year for next two years, so there's a little bit of money there. They have, they're, they have a lot of high-end guys right now, don't be wrong, with Duchenne, Landis Cog. Uh, I, think McGinn, I think McGinn is solid. McKinnon, you know, Stastny, and O'Reilly. Yep. So you have a lot of sentiment. I don't expect... Stasny and O'Reilly to both resign in Colorado. I think up, up one of them stays the, and one of them goes. Up until this week, oh, for sure. Up until this week, I was, I would have put money on it being Stasny leaving. Now I, I, I say it's fifty fifty. I just don't know. With the club arbitration thing, it just seems like another like O'Reilly Colorado just pissing on each other like back and forth. Oh, like it's going to get ugly between those two. So again. it's like do you really want to stick around type thing. So they might be looking to ship him, but yet. Uh, Wah says he like loves a guy because he plays a two way game. Sure, Stasny does, but not as effective. So it'll be interesting. So I th- hope the Blues, if they do not do the Spezza thing, um, I would like them to move for Stasny. So yeah, I agree. Second rumor, which I forgot to bring up before, before we got into free agency, was the put out there by Nick Kiprios this week, where apparently Toronto was talking to the Blues. Apparently, they talked to Blues and offered Nazim Kadri for Patrick Berglund straight up was the rumor going around, which he put out there. Um, if that's the case, I knew the Blues more than likely would have taken that. Uh, Kadri is more offensive, struggles on a defensive side, but they say it's more of – I heard two arguments. I've heard saying that, yeah, he does suck on defensively and he's working on it, and I've heard that it's because of the line he plays on. So yeah. I don't know. So, But, yeah, Patrick Berglund is definitely a very defensive first forward compared to – so basically, you're just switching philosophies, and who do you feel comfortable with? Kadri uh, only plays center, though. Berglund has shown he can play wing, and yeah. he seems almost more effective on wing, actually. You know, I think the one thing that we can agree on is it definitely seems like it's not a matter of if, but where. Um, Patrick Berglund is a little, probably not going to be on this team yeah, come September. I, I've always been a fan. I know that. I'm a fan. He didn't blossom into everybody expecting this guy to eventually become 
uh, a bigger version of the Sendine twins or sure. the next like quote unquote Peter Forsberg, which I did too, man. Don't get me wrong. Like when I first, when he first started, man, that was all the talk with him. Yep. And I was just like, man, and here look, we go. Here we go. And then the thing nothing. is we have a lot of that player. Correct. Which is why I, we have wouldn't. a lot of that player who can score 10 to 20 handful of assists, tough dude, but we're to the point now where we need a guy who's going to put 20 to 30 or 30 to 40 in the net. And if we can use Patrick Berglund as a trade chip, then I'm all for it. Because of the guys we have that are that guy, I would rather have Patrick Berglund gone than a David Backus or anyone else. Mm-hmm. So... And I agree with you. I think if that Toronto deal was a really offer deal, the Blues would have done it in a heartbeat. Mm, that's why I was like, um, uh... which is a why I don't think it's true. The only reason, other reason I could think of why they haven't accepted that deal is if they really think that they're going to get Jason Spezza. Yeah, that's my thing too. So. If, if they really, if Armstrong really believes that he's going to land Spezza, and he knows that Berglund's got to be part of the deal, I would rather have Spezza than Kadri. I mean, yeah, I, it depends on the Spezza thing. Like, if he, I, I would like if he could sign, I'd be a lot more comfortable with it. Well, how many years are left on Codger's deal? Uh, I could double check, but I know he's priced on his RFA deal. Okay, so that means you got more cost control. I know he's only twenty three, which is what I like. I would like to have a younger guy that could. How old is Spezza now? 30. 30. 30. He'd be. Th- I think he just turned thirty one recently. Okay, so I mean, not old by any means, but uh, I like both deals. Let's put it this way. I, I don't if I had to put a preference of everything that we're talking about, let's do the rest of our free agents sure. and we'll talk about what we like to one number one, two and three. We'll do that. Okay. Okay. Um next other uh center guy. Center guy, look at me talk. It's late. Um uh, just got bought out yesterday by the New York Rangers. Brad Richards, who the Blues really wanted. To, uh, not the Blues, excuse me. Blues fans really wanted to get from Dallas back in the day. Yeah, man. And, uh, he got bought out, so which was not un- too unexpected, I no, guess. The Rangers are historically known for throwing money at players. Scott Gomez. All of them, dude. Uh, Scott Gomez. What's the other one I'm thinking of? Was it Briere that signed there, too? Uh, uh, no. I know it was the same year as the Gomez signing. It was Briere, wasn't it? No, he signed with a No, Philly. it was Gomez and... Another center. But yes. Small center. Nah. Anyway. Anyway. But, yeah, I mean, they throw money at players, be it Rick Nash or, or whoever. Um, I'm 90% sure it's Daniel Breer. But let's go ahead. Let's it could be, but it's something in my head. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't dislike Brad Richards, but... 34 years old. Now. Yeah, I... I don't. I mean, I think that guy's going to want a lot more money than he's quite honestly worth. Uh, Twenty eighty-two played all eighty-two games this year, which is surprising. Uh, Twenty goals, thirty-one assists, total fifty-one points, eighteen penalty minutes, a minus eight. All right, so he's everybody else we have on the Blues. So, I mean, fifty-one points is not bad, but I mean, I think the Rangers play a little more uh, offensive style. Yeah, um, yeah, because because uh, Torrella is the opposite of uh, Vigneault, so that's why. Uh, so they've a little more wide open. So who knows if his points will go down a little bit for the Blues, or even level out and stay the same. Plus he's getting older, maybe more injury prone. Who knows? Uh, he's down. On, he's down on my list. Of yeah, guys, I like to see. You know, I have him on there with Seku Koivu, who the Ducks came out and said they're not going to sign him. We're not going to sign him. Yeah, like he's probably like number five. Yeah, like you know. I mean, 
Koivu five. And he's just a, he's another guy out there that, if needed, the Blues can pick up, and he's not going to hurt us. He's going to do well, but I don't know if either of those guys are really the answer to what the Blues need. Here's my comparison, which is probably not a fair comparison for Brad Richards. I don't want turning him to turn into like a Derek uh, Roy type signing, where it's well, like all the guys that we wanted are gone, and then it's like, oh, you're left. We'll take you for well, and that's what it's going to be, which is what I hope doesn't happen. That's because that happened last year, and we see what happened. So hopefully, that Stillman uh, PD, right. and everybody else is like, hey, I'm going to defend Derek Roy, and I know that I'm one of the few people that will. I think that Derek Roy did exactly what I thought he was going to do for the Blues. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people were hoping that we were going to get the Derek Roy who was in Buffalo four years ago, but dude, he did better than he did in Dallas. He did better than he did in Vancouver. There were times where he didn't show up. Absolutely. But then there were also times where he was skating his butt off and scoring goals for the one year deal. I'm cool with it. I don't think we need to bring him back, but I don't think that he was, you know, the worst player on the team at all. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think that you, you hit the nail on the head. I think Brad Richards will be that guy who's your eleventh hour hail mary because you're going to need to cart someone up and be like, hey guys, look who we signed. It's Brad Richards. All yeah. right, buy your season tickets. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I. I really think that from the way it's sounding and the history of Doug Armstrong, I think the Blues are going to get Spezza. Because mm. at this point, why would you ever bet against the Blues getting someone that they go after? So, yeah, another thing is, too, which uh, he's known for very like long-term talking about things. Yeah. For example, for the Bowmeister trade, he said he, t- he started laying Years, the ground. He, he said he said he laid the groundwork the prior training camp, the year before training camp, before the strike, and actually happened, which is crazy that he actually talked to the Calgary then. He was like, what do you think about Jim Bomeister? I heard. And then the Spezza, he was, apparently they looked into Spezza last. Yeah. Before they, the same time they were looking at the Ryan Miller deal. And at the time, Ottawa, I think, was had hopeful. Been, hopeful they really weren't probably going to make the playoffs, but they won away too much. And then that's why it went with the, the Miller deal instead. So it was interesting that. Negotiations have talked because negotiations have happened about this. Apparently, they wanted like I know Chris Stewart was part of the deal, sure. rumored back then. Well, remember when the when the initial deal went down for Miller, um, the rumor all over internet and in the Twitterverse and everything else was that it was a three team deal that involved Ottawa. Yeah, and Stewart go there, and we Stewart, get Miller. Yep, and that Spezza was going to go to Buffalo. Yeah, and then it ended up obviously just being the two team deal. But, yeah, I mean, it's not like the Blues are new to this race. And if there's anything that we've learned over the last few years, it's that when Doug Armstrong decides he wants your player, Doug Armstrong is going to go get your player. Yeah, so that's interesting. So uh, let's go with, uh, well, I'll name a couple more centers, and you can tell me yay or nay. Because it's just lower-end guys. Sure. I just figured just throw them out there. Uh, so we talked about Paul Stastny. How about David Legwand? Last play for Detroit, mostly known for the first ever draft pick for the Nashville Predators. Um, 33 years old, 50, excuse me, yeah, 51 points last year. How old is he, 34? 33. 33? I mean, 
I, I wouldn't kick any of these guys off my team. But I, I would say at most, I'd say I'd like him as my third-line center. But yeah, I, I have he's Saboka. not the number two guy that you need. I have Vladimir Saboka, so I don't need him. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, I, like I'm, I said, I'm good without him. Just discussions type thing. Uh, Ole Jokinen. I hate Ole Jokinen. Yeah, I know they too, so I figured I'd throw out there. Uh, talked about Derek Roy already. Uh, Not coming back. They talked kind of talked about Saku Koivu a bit, saying maybe. Yeah, I mean, twenty nine points. So yeah, I mean, he, he and Brad Richards are the closer, same guy for me. He's closer to retirement than anything. He's thirty nine, so I think it's more not what the Blues are looking for. Sure, uh, I'll throw a couple other names out there. It's Boston names. I don't think the Blues have a remote chance. Though this guy's price tag, I think, has gone down greatly, and he's not going to get the contract he once turned down for the New York Islanders. You're talking about Thomas, Thomas Vanek, a left winger, 30 years old, 78 games played, 27 goals, 41 assists, 68 points, 46 penalty minutes, plus seven. You were not good in the playoffs, sir, and you, just like Ryan Miller, cost yourself big money. Oh, yeah. Um, I know that he wants to go to Minnesota. He is, that's his home away from home, pretty much. Um, I really think if he doesn't go to Minnesota – you may laugh at me. I think he goes back to the Islanders. Dude, they gave him big money, and Garth Snow's an idiot. So, <laughs> Huge idiot. So I wouldn't doubt he throws the same contract. He's has it just changes the date on it and gives it to him. I mean, the Islanders are trying. They really are. You yeah. know, they, they rolled the dice. Got and, Halak. Yeah, they rolled the dice and won with Halak. They rolled the dice and lost with Boyle. Um supposedly. Well, I don't think he's gonna sign. I guess he could. He but. said he's stuck he wants a two year deal for sure. And he wants to play for Stanley Cup contender. And no offense against the Islanders, you need not a there yet. you need a little bit more forwards. Like if you get, let's say, Molson back and Vanek back. Yeah. Then you got well, chance. that's what I'm saying. Like if they could get Vanek, then then maybe Boyle goes. Well, okay, maybe there's something here. But you need a little more defense too. I agree. Um, I think you got your goaltending. So with Halak, I really think that's. I would love better. the Blues to make a run at Vanek. I don't think he. We have a shot at him. I just think we have our left wing pretty stacked. Unfortunately, right now with a uh, like Steen is there and Schwartz is there, and then yep. your third line we just signed the Lindstrom guy. Yeah, oh, Fanic over Lindstrom, hundred percent. But it's like, will he really accept the third line role? No. Plus, are you going to spend five or six million dollars on a third? Well, line that's guy? just it. I, you know, I think you know when we talked a few months ago. We talked about the the top two guys the Blues were going after were going to be Stasny and Vanek. Mm-hmm. And I think that would still be true had Jason Spez's name not come up. Yeah. And I think the fact that, Sp- that Spez is out there bumps uh, Vanek off that list and now becomes Spez a one uh, and um, Stasny two. Okay, so that's uh, another another name which uh, supposedly has already talked about uh, resigning with his old team is Jerome Ginla. Oh, he's he's staying in Boston. Yeah, so thirty goals, thirty one assists. He's already talked to. They've already discussions. Yeah, that's so. I think that's, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. Another guy which I am interested in. Uh, be I think be a perfect uh, third liner, but uh, are kind of stacked on the third line left winger right now. Like I just alluded to, uh, Matt Molson. He's third. going back to Buffalo. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Thirty goal. Oh, excuse me. Did I hear that? No, I didn't. Twenty three goals, twenty eight assists, fifty one points. 34 penalty minutes plus two uh be interesting for the right price i just don't i think he's gonna probably get good money yeah well and here here's the thing that you have to consider especially when you're dealing with people who've already played in buffalo which is why i think ott and molson fall back into this category and maybe even thomas vanek mm-hmm. the buffalo sabers have 22 million dollars to spend to get to the salary floor yep because they are right now i'm on uh, cap geek right now 
and they have they are in thirtieth place with money that's been allocated already at yep. thirty four million dollars. Yeah, they have to spend twenty two million just to hit the floor of the salary cap. So, so they are going I'll to spend stuff a part. lot of money, a lot of money because they have to. And supposedly they were going to be looking to trade in Chris Stewart, who which is a good, which is actually their second highest paid player right now. Yeah, um, yeah. So they have a lot. They have done, and they need to sign a lot of guys. They have like Tyler Ennis, uh, Corey Conacher, a lot of guys. Let me ask you a question. As much as you and I are neither huge Chris Stewart fans, if the price is cheap on Chris Stewart, do you try to pick him up to mitigate the loss that you have from the uh, trade? No. Uh, I just think the ship has sailed. I think there was a philosophy difference between him and uh, Hitchcock. I think he just didn't fit what Hitchcock was doing. I mean, he led him in goals, but yeah, if you probably did a deeper analysis of this, oh, absolutely, he had to spurts where he would score like eight absolutely. goals in six games. Or, I agree with you. I, I don't think you do it. Now, I know that there are many Blues fans who are super pissed that we got rid of Chris Stewart. They thought he still had potential. And stuff, sure, and he fine. does have potential. That's why he had value. Oh, I want to add this in real quick because I just saw this on uh, CapGeek. Sure. So there's a something called bonus overages. So basically, when a team, um, I was ended a year. You team cop players have bonuses for right. certain goals they met. So um, Blues are seven hundred thousand over. Correct. The Blues are seven hundred thousand dollars. I guess you saw that earlier. I did yeah. not see this. So the top team is actually Buffalo. Excuse me, Boston, four point seven five million. Oof. Detroit with three million. New Jersey with 2.25, then St. Louis with 700, and then Philadelphia 345. This is due to significance of overages and or, uh, you know, this is Cap Geek's like, you know, that they think is accurate. For for the average person, it's, you know, you're paying out your your performance bonuses where it's like, hey, if you score 40 goals this year, we'll give you a million. We're going to give you half a million dollars. Yeah, whatever it is. Or you so, made the all star team. Right. You make the all star team do this. You for get, example, did you see the. Dude, this is a side note. Just I don't know why I saw this for the guy for uh, the Indiana Pacers, Paul George. Do you yeah. see like his bonus for making the All Star team? Uh-uh. Eight million dollars for getting on the All Star team. I should have practiced more. <laughs> I was just like, you got to be kidding me. I really should have practiced more in college. Anyway, that's a side note. So um, let's do a couple of defensemen. Even though the Blues are pretty set, sure. Um, there's guys we like to be signed. Um, like I would love for the Blues to make a run of this guy and trade a Roman Polak in the. If you say Dion's enough, I'm gonna slap you. He's not a free agent, so no. Trust me, uh, he's gonna be way too expensive for the Blues. Probably in the five million dollar range at least. Um, Matt Niskanen, defense uh, defenseman, right-handed, 27 years old, paid for uh, played for Pittsburgh, uh, 81 games, 10 goals, 36 assists, 51 penalty minutes, plus 33, dude. Tore it up after Latang was out. Yeah, and, uh, I, I don't, I don't hate him, but again, like, I'm, way too expensive. We already have enough money. I, dude, I'm so content with our blue line. Yeah. I really am. Like, I would like us to get a little stronger. I would. And I, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. I just cutting you off there. As I talked to Jeff, is uh, one guy I would like to do change up on, which is maybe I don't know if you listened to the whole thing last time. Maybe you heard me say this, but uh, I wouldn't mind if the Blues trade Roman Polak. No, I agree. You know, he's one of those guys that he's he's a strong guy. Now, if we get him, here's here's my fear: is he and Jackman are are really only two rough and tumble stay at home defenders right now. So yeah, and Jackman is nine thousand years old. 
32. And just slow. 32. Slow, yeah. Um, he seems a lot older just because he's been around a long time. I think that's just the thing. I'm defending Jackman again, so go ahead. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it was really shown again in the playoffs. The two things that really stuck out to me was the fact that we don't have 32. defenders that will clear the puck. You know, I, I we have a lot of defenders who can skate with the puck really, really well and shoot it and put it on net and clear the zone when they get the puck. But as far as clearing the crease of offensive players or knocking people off their path, we don't have it. You know, the Blackhawks posted up on us the entire series. Yeah, that was something I did not expect. Um, so I would like to see us get tougher on defense. And, you know, he's one of the two guys we have that do that. I, I, I think that maybe his time in St. Louis is up, and I don't think that a change of scenery for him is a bad thing, but I would be very, very curious to see what the Blues want back. It won't be much. And that's what bums me out is mm. because, you know, some maybe like a defensive star team, like maybe like the Islanders would be interested. Maybe give you like closer to like a third, maybe even a second if they're desperate. Yeah, but I mean he's, he's established. So everything. then, what do we do? We take him out and put Ian Cole in. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's the thing is like it depends on who they'd pick up because I like Cole. Um, he'd be a third line pairing type guy. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Leopold could play the right side. So that'd be I don't know. I'm very I very much like the right handed left handed like defensive I matchup. Too. I do too. So. um yeah. So who knows? Uh, defenseman wise, there's really not much that's out there. We uh, we don't need to go over goaltending. I don't think. Obviously, no. that's been pretty set. I heard though, even though not just to bring his name back up because I know he's not a free agent, but I did hear that Toronto is looking at the possibility of dealing Fanuf. I heard Edmonton the other day. I heard Edmonton and I heard Anaheim and I heard Anaheim blows me away because they're so stacked on defense. I don't know why you need somebody, but. And I forget uh, who the other team it, I it's was. It's probably Hockey Buzz, because Hockey Buzz, guess who the second leading person to land Ryan Miller was? St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah, which... I was just like... Dude, I read that, I was like... I, I, I already didn't have much credit for you already, man. And that just kind of made me just like... The thing that I laughed about is uh, my friend... I have a, a buddy of mine who lives in Des Moines, but he's a native to Buffalo. A huge Ryan Miller fan. And I get an instant message from him that's a copy and paste. Uh, it says... In regards to Ryan Miller, it looks like it's down to four teams, and it mentions four teams. It was like Pittsburgh, uh, Anaheim, somewhere else, and St. Louis. Maybe San Jose. I thought it was nice. Yeah, San Jose. And then it, and then it said and a possibility of a trade that could open up Tampa. to not, Was it Tampa or Carolina? Maybe Carolina. Something like that. I don't know. And I, I hit him up, and I go, either this is the slowest instant message that's ever come to me because it's five months late or you've had a stroke, what's happening. And then that afternoon, just for giggles, I opened up hockey buzz and I saw that and I was like, that has got to be a typo because yeah. he's not coming back here. I don't get it. So to each his own, but that's just, you know, Hey, dude, that dude's been around for a for hockey buzz has been around a long time. So dude somehow still gets people to go along with it. And he still gets people to pay for his pers- their subscriptions and stuff. And no, I have the free one, yeah, but that's, I'm that's, not. When when you're telling me in, on June 19th that the Blues are in the running to sign Ryan Miller, you sir 
are not reporting news. Yeah. You are making ish up. Correct. Uh, so that's pretty much all the free agents that are out there. Be interesting to see what happens. Um, usually the first couple of days is when it happens. Yep. Uh, yes or that, no. Does the Spezza deal happen before the trade deadline? Regardless no. of where, does the Spezza deal happen before the trade deadline? Be in the trade deadline next year? Oh, I'm sorry, the, the draft. The dra- it'll happen at the draft, I would say. If it happens, it's going to happen at the draft. At the draft? I would think so. Do you think the Blues get Jason Spezza? As much as I'd rather go with Stastny, I think they're it's going to go with Spezza over whatever. Because I heard that Hitchcock likes Spezza. So you're saying if we get Spezza, we don't go after uh, Stastny? I would love to. And move uh, back us back to the wing where I loved him, where he's the most effective. I, I, if that right there, that's it's called you can well, give the off season Stanley Cup to the St. Louis Blues. But they got to do something, dude. I mean, they th- something's going to happen, but I don't know. I, it's going to I say Spezza over anything. Um, I would like to, to see Spezza. I uh, prefer Stasny. That's my, dude. I like Stasny too. I, I mean, I don't want to be greedy and say let's get both, but you know, to go with our you know our top five, what we would like. Well, look at it this way. And I'm going to play devil's advocate to you because you talk about Spezza on the one-year deal. Mm-hmm. If you realize that Berglund isn't quite fitting in with the system that you need. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. You make the move now and you get Spezza for the year. Okay. Hopefully that you know he wants to resign next year. You then take your money that you have this year in free agency. You go get Stasny. Okay. So now you've got Spezza and Stasny. Okay. If Spezza walks at the end of next year... Or if you get the vibe from him that you're just not going to resign him, you can turn him around and trade him at the deadline and get as the year as the year progresses, we're going to know where our deficiencies are as we need to make another cup run. Mm-hmm. We could turn Spezza around and trade him somewhere and get something back. Correct. Like his trade is no trade clause will carry over. Right. But uh, yeah, it could. Yeah. That's one of the many scenarios that could happen. Uh, my top of, I guess, five guys I would like to see the Blues bring in. Number one, obviously, Paul Stastny, since I won't be quiet about him. Number two, Jason Spezza, as much as I kind of downed him, yeah. but he's still dynamic talent, almost a point-per-game guy, uh, almost virtually a point-per-game guy in the playoffs, which oh, are, yeah. which at only one point short, I think he had 51 points in 52 games. Yeah, um, yeah that's what the Blues need. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So... That's a prove. That's once again like I always talk about proven commodity. Yep, that's, that's not much more proven than that. So he had a, kind of had a backspin, a little issue lately. Uh, overall, he still never played like a full season, but in the seventies, yeah, like 75, 78 games mostly. So fine, Close sit out enough. a couple games. I'm I'm fine with that. My third move would be uh, the Kadri deal. I like having a young guy that you can build off of, but sure. but I would also like that to be like a Kadri and one of the other guys listed above us. Sure. Not just Kadri. Like, if sure. it was just Kadri, I would not be. Thrilled. Well, I think the only two guys that are standalones are the first Spezza two. and Stasny. Uh, after that, I would say the Brad Richards. Say we do like a Richards uh, Kadri. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be as thrilled if I was with Stasny and whatever, but I would still be excited that that's offensive talent coming in. Sure. Uh, Richards is familiar with Armstrong because Armstrong traded for him. I believe. Yes. Armstrong traded for him in Dallas. Uh, so that could be a connection there. You never know. Yeah. Um, if, you know, if we say we sign Morrow, that's something else that might make Richard want to sign here. Sure. 
then I guess if I had the name of number five, which if this gets this low, we don't get to the top four guys, I'd be really concerned. Uh, I guess I'd go with uh, Ole Jokinen just because he's young. Oh, he's, God. Yo- he's younger than Zach Koivu. Oh, God. And I, I was not impressed with Do you Koivu have any yet. idea how hard it's going to be for me to cheer for a Blues team that's got Ole Jokinen on the team? We will make it. If he is signed to the Blues after failing all those guys, you immediately come over here and record. Just so oh. I want to get, get it out of your system. My so. five would be. We're talking about, I, I went with Centerman. Obviously, we could sure. take. You could take if we had to take Centerman out just in general. I would take uh, obviously yoking it out and put Molson in there. I would. My top five is going to be. I really like my. It's I don't have a one and two. It's one A and one B, and that's Spezza and Stasny. Like no, I'm, I'm happy with nothing, either one. No, I, I guess I don't see a problem, but it's like Stasny's game. Yeah, and that's all. Um, three for me is Thomas Vanek. I just don't think that we're going to be in a position to pay, and I don't think that he's. I don't think he doesn't want to come here, but I think that you There's know other places he likes. Yeah, man. All things being equal, I think he wants to go to Minnesota, and if he can't, I think he knows he's going to get the most money with the Islanders. Um, number four for me. Ugh. I guess Brad Richards. Um, yeah, I I don't hate Brad Richards, but again, I don't know, man. I I don't know. If, I hope that it was just a, a, a situation where um, it was a bad a bad system for him to be in in New York. Um, but I'm not going to lie, and we've never talked about this. I'm getting a little tired of the Dallas retreads coming through St. Louis. Correct. Yeah, we've got one over that with Jeff said the same thing. So yeah, I you know, I I I get it, Hitchcock. You won a cup in 2000 in Dallas. I get it, but unless you're going to put Brett Hall back on this team, l- let's not worry about signing everyone you used to coach. Uh, and then number five for me, take a pick, man. I, I'm. I don't even know. Uh, I would love Molson. I think he would be a, a great dude to to get in this team. I think he's very like minded with a lot of the players on this team. He seems to be very um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not unassuming, um, but he doesn't seem like one of those guys that's got his own personal agenda. Yeah, I, he, I mean, he's a team player. He, it seemed like he gelled very quickly with the Minnesota wild after that trade. Like there was very little time, um, but before it just seemed like he had been there all season. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm surprised they haven't really, I think they're looking more at Vanek, which is why they probably haven't signed him yet. He's like their right. Number two, like guy right now. So that would be which is surprising favorite. because I thought, like I said, I agree with you there. Molson, I thought it fit in really well. Oh, um, can I put an asterisk by a free agent who's technically already ours, Steve Ott? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the top five you want. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, he he would be. I didn't include him in my top five because he's already on the team, and I'm looking at free agents that aren't in. Oh, the that's, pipeline that's, that's, that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I meant too. So, because um, I would love to see Steve Ott sign. Yeah, I like his game, so uh, I'd be more than happy if the Blues bring him back, despite what any kind of forms the Blues forms on STL today say. I think he, at the end of the day, he's still 
the type of player that the Blues forums people want every player to score fifty goals. Whether you're the top line center or the fourth line left wing, they want every player on this team to score fifty goals and us to go eighty two and zero and go sixteen and zero in the playoffs. And just all you people, come mm-hmm. on, man. Yeah. Know what players do and know what they don't. You know, if you don't think Steve Ott played well for the Blues after the trade, you need to learn about hockey. Yeah, I think he was a. Uh, yeah, the points weren't there, but I think the effort was there, which is something people said. People I remember people were complaining about a uh, like I rather Chris Stewart. At least he was horse and goals. But yeah, if you noticed him that game. Yeah, but Chris Stewart was brought in to score goals. That's not what Steve Ott's job is. Steve Ott's Steve job was to agitate, win faceoffs, play defensive game, and Absolutely. then if he can pot a goal, or, a goal or two. Or an assist, then bonus. Yeah, so. And that's the difference. That's like arguing that Tony Twist doesn't keep up in goals with Wayne Gretzky. Mm. Well, no doubt. They both may be forwards, but they're not playing the same game. Like, know what the player is. Just because they were traded for each other doesn't mean that they have the same skill set. So, very interesting uh, offseason, I think. Uh, last year, I thought last year's offseason was probably the most important. Um, after this year's first-round exit, I think this is going to have to be Doug Armstrong's defining moment. If he does not uh, do well, uh, I think... Doug, Doug Armstrong on the hot seat? I yes, hundred percent. I think so too. I I mean, just numerous times. I mean, if you watch the uh, end of the year press conference, that dude just looks uneasy. He, he you could should. Tell, you can tell he was just like not only shocked and disappointed, just like like I don't know what happened. Type well, thing, you know, I like, mean, anytime you push all your chips in, and you, you fail. don't do it on a hunch, you do it because you think this is the play. Yeah, there's. You know, hours and hours of scouting and other yep. stuff that going into and and, and Armstrong and went out. all in, man. And I like that we have an aggressive GM. I like that we have a GM who went, "We're going to go get Ryan Miller. Let's do this now," and did it. But like any gamble, you never know what the guy next to you is holding in his hand, and you never know what the dealer has. Sometimes you hit the jackpot. Sometimes you bust. <clears throat> this happened to be a bust. Now the problem is. You're now in a situation with ownership, who's still a new ownership, where you've brought the fans back. But now the fans are getting a little anxious. And they're tired of losing in the first round. And I think that this is a critical year for Armstrong and for Hitchcock. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not a fan of leaving the girl who brought you when you're at a dance. But there was part of me that when Pittsburgh fired Dan Bilesma, I thought, like them. man, I know we just gave him a one-year deal, but maybe we should pay out Hitchcock and go get Bilesma. Now, that's that's not saying anything against Hitchcock, but the way that this team just looked flat in some of those games against Chicago, and again, like I'm not the guy who wants to blame the coach for everything, but this is going to be a critical year. If... The Blues have the same problems this year, which is continued problems on the power play. Um, continued spans where this team just looks unplugged and disinterested. Where the first period, like, 
like a lot of the games when the Chicago games when you're up two nothing going to Chicago and then you have a chance to like put a team that um, the defending Stanley Cup champions like in a huge hole three nothing and you come out flat for the first period and a half yeah. like in both that, games that's happened that was that was an issue like all season well and I've said for years that this team seems to be that cocky teenager who believes their own hype and gets overconfident and it seems like this past year, the year before it, and even the year before it, this would be the team that would win five, six, sometimes seven games in a row, start to get a little strut about them, and then just get punched in the face and not know what to do. And just, you know, they'd come out, they would come out looking like all they had to do was throw their sticks on the ice and the other team was going to be like, oh my God, it's the Blues. You win. And... Dude, championship teams don't do that. They don't care who you are. They're going to come out, and they're going to beat you. Which is what happened, so. Yeah, so frustrating times, but um, also interesting times for the Um, Do we want to comment on the uh, Vegas odds? Yes, we can do that if you want. There was an article, what, last Monday? Coming yeah, off of the it, yeah, Kings been, winning the cup. And it's been kind of passed around a little bit. So I think I saw that she's on EA Sports, actually, uh, yeah. Facebook yesterday. So the Blues actually ranking it at number five, surprisingly, on the list of best odds. Well, but there was like a tie for three. Yeah. Like it was. Us, the Kings, and somebody else. It was Chicago, maybe? number one. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is interesting. Boston, number two. And then Pittsburgh. And then Pittsburgh. And then right below us was like San Jose, St. Louis. San, uh, San Jose is the Kings, San Jose, and then us. Yeah. So and, like all, and like those three teams were all tied, like 12, 12 to 1. one. Yeah. So, um, so others think the Blues do have a good team. So it's not like. Uh, the Blues do have a good team. It's just a matter of. Got to win in May. Yep. So I think that's going to be. And hopefully June. Yes. And yes. So. That's going to be interesting. Uh, so we're going to just do a, our jersey watch, but yet we're not wearing jerseys. So we're just going to kind of talk about the interesting rumor that's going around. Yep. The Blues' supposed jersey revamp. Uh, Which all started with the press release. Well, a little before that was the interview with Tom Stillman and Jeremy Rutherford. Flat out asked him, he said, so we've been hearing about new jerseys. What do you think? He was like, mm, you can ask me that question another time. With And apparently had a big smile on his face. He wasn't saying it like, Ignorantly, but sure. even said in uh, parentheses, he's like he had a big smile on his face and was almost laughing because he did have a good poker face there. So basically, sounds like there's new jerseys in there. Another rumor went around was that the press co- the press release for the new CEO uh, Zimmerman, uh, the the blue note was a lot lighter than what was been normally on jerseys. Um, People put a side-by-side comparison, and you could tell a huge difference. I did not catch this until I saw the comparison. These people are huge nerds. Yes, I feel better about myself a little bit when I saw that. And I was just like, Could wow. it just be that the ink was low on toner, you idiots? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was an email, so that's why I was like, really more right, speculated. email, never mind. Not so, no, but still, though, it's uh, it was a little lighter, and uh, but Stillman said he's a big fan of like the older uniforms. Sure. So, that fits into that theme where there was. At least it wasn't red. 
Correct. And then a lot of people are complaining like the crest being changed because that's been the rumor on the Ice uh, Athenics uh, website, which is yeah. a very good website to follow yeah, for yeah. jerseys. Well, and, um, and they also bring in the fact, which is, you know, if you're going to read it anywhere as far as a definitive thing for something like this, it's the catalogs. Mm-hmm. And I guess the Reebok catalogs have gone out. And for both home to distributors and away, or whatever. Correct. Yeah. Because this is the, for those of you who don't work in retail, um, you're constantly working six months ahead of yourself. Correct. So, you know, and now is when you're ordering for fall and winter, which is obviously going to be the start of the NHL season. Mm-hmm. Um, the blues, uh, jerseys, home and away, both home and away say TBD, which means to be determined, which in the retail world means these are what they look like now, but this isn't etched in stone. These designs could change. And it's also, to add to that, it also said third jersey unchanged. Right. So meaning that it looks like the home and away is going to change. You're not looking at like um, a stadium series, quote unquote, jersey right. or something like that, or like a one-off game type thing. You're right. looking at like a full, full on change. what is going to happen, what we're going to see on a nightly basis. Um, a lot of designs floating out there. I've seen some I liked, some I haven't. Uh, I haven't seen any of the designs. The only thing it's that, just people have been kind of messing around with what they like. And type the only things thing. that I've crazy. heard of is that I heard number one that we might just go back to a lighter blue, like in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, the the rumor I heard, which is interesting, because I think much of the sporty world will hate it, is using the crest from the third jersey. On everything, yeah. keeping the third jersey navy blue, but then doing a royal blue home and white road. Yeah. Um, basically all in the style of the third jersey. I hate that I would have to go buy two new jerseys. I'll do it. I'll do it too. Um, so I'm kind of saving up for mine. But I got to admit, I like the simplicity of just a blue note on the, on the chest. Me too. Now, I personally... I liked the blue note from the 80s and 90s, which were the ones with the curved edges that yeah. were trimmed in red, white, and yellow, and it said St. Louis in it. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with this because this blue note is actually the original blue note shape. Mm-hmm. Um, but see, and like on your banner, my favorite one isn't even shown. Yeah. Because there's one between the 84 and... And the that says eighty six, but that's bullshit. That should be ninety six. Correct. Um, because eighty probably eighty six, eighty seven was when they changed to um, the red and uh, and yellow framed one, but they rounded the edges on each of the note. Correct. So it'll be an interesting uh, time. So I'm sure that'll be closer and closer. We get to training camp. I'm sure those will be rolling out. I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of the fanfare or fan fest things. Yeah, that rolls kind of like what happened with the third jersey a few years ago. Yeah, they roll out the jerseys, then you can order them ahead of time, and I'm sure me and you will be in that line that day. So, indeed, being that I just bought two jerseys last week, yeah. So I need to hopefully my car's going to be paid off next month. Nice, so I can allocate some money maybe for a couple jerseys. Which I. Nice. Uh, I knocked off my Colton Seals jersey off my list, and I got it for free. Which is awesome. Ah! So, yeah, California Golden Seals. One of the so technically they did win a Stanley Cup, but because Minnesota, correct. So anyway, but uh, let's just wrap things up here. Uh, If you would like to reach us, you can hit us up on Twitter and at Blues Hockey NHL, 
or my personal email at jpmbluesfan21. And Chris? Uh, my Twitter is at Hossapalooza, H-O-S-S underscore A underscore P-A-L-O-O-Z-A. So, and also we're on Facebook. This look up Blues Hockey Podcast. We'll be there. Um, I'm locked out of the email, so I'll have to make a new email. I'm tired of getting screwing with this one. I don't know what's going on. We're hella professional. Yeah. So I would say we don't get any emails to that. Usually somebody hits me up. It's usually Twitter anyway. Or at our website, blueshockeypodcast.com. Leave a comment. I will definitely see that. And me and Chris will uh, hit you back because we both have access to that. So we will uh, hopefully after the draft is over, eh, I think we'll wait till after free agency just because Sure. I'm getting new flooring next week. Nice. Yeah. So it's going to be hectic around here. So it'll be a little uh, interesting. Side note for our update, which I brought up for me and when Jeff was here, we and Chris are in a floor hockey league. Uh, Not going well. Not going. I am out of shape, sir. I was in goal last week. Uh, We only gave up seven. It's cool. Yeah. That's six. Six. six That's right. You did better than our other guy. Well, who's actually a better goalie. Yeah. But he also faced probably like 112 shots. Yeah. I faced like 50, you know, like that, like 30, probably. And I let in a rink long goal, which I'm still disappointed. Hey, about. man, I'm a point of game player. I know you are right now. I am. So we'll pay. We'll mention who we're playing next week. Pat Maroon. Yeah, we're playing him next week. Yeah. Listen to this. Listen to this BS. This is, for all intensive purposes, a beer league. Although we can't drink beer because it's at the Salvation Army, so it's somebody uh, is. Though. It's a dry beer league. Yeah, somebody is. <clears throat> not us. Yeah, but. I'm not, I, you know, I'm not going to say because I have nothing to prove. I, I have no proof that it's these people. But uh, so there's a team that Pat Maroon, yes, the Pat Maroon from the Mighty Ducks, uh, is on, and this team is averaging like twenty something goals a week. Uh, they won the first game sixteen to something, and then the next week, the team that we lost to the first week, they beat fifteen to four. Yeah, um, we are going to get throttled on Monday. And, of course, it's the one week where my four-year-old daughter wants to come watch. My parents are going to come watch. I come watch that oh, game. Oh, it's going to be awesome. I already told them I go, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. It's, it's, so it's not going to be fun. So, um, But the fun part is uh, it's floor hockey. We don't have to be on skates. It's great exercise, and we can pretend to play hockey. And it's fun to play hockey. So it uh, gets me back into the spirit of playing hockey again. Like I said, this is kind of our training camp. We'll get kind of in shape. Hopefully by the last game of the year, we can win a couple. I want to score more than three goals in a game. That's all, all right. I want. Yeah. We're, we're not kinda, this week. Not, right? not, not this week. We're kind of we're one of the lower scoring teams in the league, too. So we're, I would say that we're a defensive team, but we're not. Well, we, actually, our goals against is pretty low, actually. Yeah. Believe it or not, we're actually like, I looked it up, we're like fourth out of ten. All right. Which, but, our, but also our but our. Deep, our offense is nine out of ten. So. Yeah, our 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 goals for we're we're not exactly a high powered offense. We're I think we're going to be the best of the bottom league. I think at the end of the day when we play everybody, I think we're going to be the best of the bottom league. But anyway, so you just called us the natural predators. Man, yeah. I mean, my squeaking the playoffs makes a noise. You never know. <laughs> we'll see. Well, it's been fun. So we'll keep you up to date on that just because yeah, I like talking about it because it's fun. It makes me feel important. I just stand in front of the goalie so it's hard for him to see. It is hard to believe it or not, man. Like, I didn't really think it would be that bad. But, man, it's – I couldn't see a couple of times. We had the saves. I just did a generic goalie stance, and luckily I'm big enough that it hit me. I've had both goalies are 
both opposing goalies now from two weeks ago. Oh my god! When you stand in front of me, it's just an eclipse, and I was like, "That's why I'm standing." That's in why front you're of in front of you. So, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's fun. So we'll keep everybody kind of our our adventures in floor hockey. Go go white team. <laughs> it's true. So like I said, we'll do our uh, we'll do a free agency slash draft wrap up, maybe even trade wrap up. Who knows what's going to happen. Uh, I think I will actually do more than just blues on that one. I think we might sure. do a all encompassing due to us just probably not having another podcast till we might squeak one in, in the August time, just a kind of a quick one about, we might have an interview or two Yep. depending on where I'm talking about. We have some feelers out there right now, so we might have a couple interviews in that time and then we will be back for the beginning of the season, probably in September around my birthday, around the 26th. So the yeah. day before the blues play Kansas city, we're not going to that game just in case you wanted to know. They're definitely not going to that game because <laughs> I want to not be yelled at. So you want to have a happy life. Yes. Cause it'll be my wife's 30th birthday and be my 32nd birthday. So stupid birthdays, stupid, important birthdays, culture and stuff anyway. So, um, yeah, that's about it. So, uh, stay tuned. Uh, hopefully, we will be having an interview with myself and Mike Pepping of thehockeywriters.com and also the KSDK Face-Off Show talking about the upcoming draft. Uh, if not, we'll catch you guys after the draft or after free agency. See you guys. See you. And now for our interview portion of the show. And this week I'll be interviewing Mike Pepping of well, many different things, actually. Actually, Mike's on the KSDK show with uh, Jeff Ponder, who was actually on last week's show, or last time show, not last week's. Uh, also, Mike also writes for the thehockeywriters.com. I messed that up last week, so I'll make sure I get that right. So, Mike, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. So, as uh, Blues fans know, that uh, the draft is coming up soon, so we're going to get your thoughts on that. But I just want to get a little bit of background on you for uh, our listeners out there, so maybe give us a little background about... Uh, some of the stuff you do uh, that's blues-related. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, as you mentioned, I'm lucky enough to be one of the hosts of the St. Louis Blues Face-Off show on KSDK.com. Um, it's been great working with our producer, Jordan, and uh, with Jeff, and I think we're really going to go places with that. It's a great, um, unique look into the game. Besides that, obviously, I cover the blues for the thehockeywriters.com. Um, you know, sometimes I even uh, guest blog other places. It's just wherever I can talk about the blues and get the word out about how good they're doing, that's what I'm going to do. Um, I've been a blues fan my whole life, and uh, just really I've played hockey my whole life as well, so I get the game and I understand, uh, I think, both sides of it, which gives me a unique perspective along with Jeff. So, um, yeah, that's really who I am and what I'm about. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I really enjoy your guys' show that's on uh, KSDK.com right now. Uh, I encourage anybody who's a Blues fan to check it out. It's a good little segment for, uh, right now, and you guys are actually work doing it through the uh, summer months, right? Well, yeah, actually, we took a little break um, just because there wasn't much news to report on, and uh, things got busy around, you know, KSDK as things go. Um, but we will have shows all next week for the draft, actually, um, and Jeff will be at the draft, so we'll have some live coverage as well. Uh, that'll be great, yeah. So hopefully. Uh... We'll get some interesting news coming out of the draft. So uh, let's sort of, uh, well, before I end that, let me just ask you, who is your all-time favorite blues player? Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, there's a lot. Um, yeah. Al McKinnis is always at the top of the list. I mean, 
the guy was great for us for so many years. Um, Oshi is really up there for me. I've been watching him since high school, and I've just loved everything he's done. I understand that uh, he's at a place now where he's got to put up or shut up, but he's always been a favorite. Backus is an All-American captain. Um, there's a lot of guys to love right now, so I can't put my finger on one, but all time it'd probably be Al McInnes. Yeah, it's definitely a good choice. Uh, he was unfortunate an injury. Probably cut his career short by definitely a few years, but he was he was still uh, in his late mid thirties. But still, yeah. he might he might have had I think another couple of good years in him. But yeah. those are those are the lean years, as I like to call it. After that, so he might have sort of <laughs> missed out on those years where it could have maybe done some damage to him physically. But yeah. it's good though. But, so uh, yeah, I was sad to see him go a little early, but a uh, great player, and I think all-time favorite goalie would have to go to Grant Fuhrer. Uh, definitely Grant Fuhrer. There's a lot of uh, good memories growing up of uh, Fuhrer and Net. He was probably the, the only big goalie outside of uh, Curtis Joseph from probably from uh, me and you probably error, I would figure. Yeah, till now. <laughs> till now. Yeah, till now. So uh, that worked out for us. Yeah, so let's sort of uh, let's just before we get to some draft stuff, let's just do uh, some of the your thoughts on the uh, sort of current Blues news. Uh, at least the most recent. Uh, What do you think of the Brian Elliott signing? Uh, You know, I really wanted the Blues to bring in a true tested number one to show Allen the ropes for this one year, possibly two years max. Um, But I always knew Brian Elliott could do it. He could be the guy. He's very seasoned. He's a crafty vet. He understands the game at a high level, and he can be a good impact. I just wanted somebody with that true number one workhorse mentality to come in and kind of give that extra edge to Allen because he has that same mentality. But I think Brian Elliott will be a great mentor. I think it's a a great signing. I mean, he's loved in the city and that's very important. And, uh, you know, he's great in between the pipes. So uh, it's definitely a good move on our part. And it solidifies that Allen will become the starter in the next couple of years, which is, you know, for the better, I think, in the long run. So I'm happy about it. Yeah, it's nice to have a good uh, young up and coming goalie that you can probably lean on for the next, you know, maybe hopefully decade after he gets yeah. handed the starter job. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, were you on the uh, potential Miller bandwagon of him coming back? Would you have been okay with that? Um, no, I think we signed him, like we've talked about on our show, uh, we signed him to see what he could do and to see where he could take us. And he didn't take us any further than Elliot and Halak. So, I mean, we spent big money on him. We expected big return. It didn't happen. We need to cut our losses. We knew he didn't want to be here long-term necessarily anyway. And, you know, just move on. And uh, obviously our goaltending situation is not lacking. We have the AHL goaltender of the year coming to split the load with one of the best backups in the entire game next season. Yeah, I'm definitely a fan of the the move, depending on uh, how things turn out, hopefully at the draft and free agency. But let's go into – let's do the draft first, then we'll maybe do a bit of a free agency talk. Uh, So – the Blues pick number 21 in the first round, so they have a first-round pick for the first time. Not first time, but very rarely in the last couple of years that the Blues actually had a pick in the first round. Uh, so there's a few kind of guys that I've identified as potential guys who can be there. Um, how about I bounce a couple of guys off here, or you give me some guys you're thinking about? All right, yeah, let's go back and forth. Okay, so uh, first guy I kind of picked out, and I'll thank uh, your uh, co-host, Jeff Ponder, for this one for a little more background on him than I had. Uh, Josh Hosang, hope I'm saying that right. Yep, you are, and I was hoping you'd Hosang me. <laughs> exactly, there you go. So uh, let's just do a little quick uh, stats on this guy. Height, 5'11", 160 pounds, right wing, 
definitely a forward to Blues need in a system would be great. I think that's what needs to be the focus of this pick. Uh, they, last year he played for the Windsor. Uh, I said Portland. I didn't say Portland. It was Windsor uh, of the OHL. He uh, had a couple uh, really nice highlight goals. If you go on uh, YouTube and kind of look that up, really nice. Uh, has an eye for the net. Had last year 67 goals. Or excuse me, 67 games played. 32 goals, 53 assists for a total amount of points of 85 and 44 penalty minutes. Uh, I guess a little interesting thing on him this that happened in April of this year. He was suspended for 15 games. Uh, that resulted a, a play that had Zach Bell breaking his leg in the first round of the playoffs against uh, when he was, who was on London. So if you ever seen that video, it's very interesting. They kind of got tangled up, and pretty much uh, Hosang pretty much paid the price to get a 15-game suspension. So not known for his grit, though. So more of a uh, skill. I kind of put him on the same level as a Ty Ratty, David Perron type. Uh, likes to shoot. Very crafty. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Josh Hosang? You know, I really like him, and uh, I don't think he's going to last till 21. I think he'll probably end up around 17 to 19, but he has that edge to him. Um, he's got excellent hands. He's got great speed. He's got great vision. Uh, I would compare him. I don't know if he's going to be as prolific as Ty Ratty will be, but I would compare him to Ty Ratty. Um, I think that he's he's – got the right tools to become a complete package and to play the blues style hockey. So I, I think it'd be a great addition if he was on our squad eventually. Yeah. So it's definitely a guy that um, I would say he's uh, number one or number two on my list of guys that uh, I'd like the blues to get the next one. Wh- I got him at number three. You got him at number three. <laughs> so yeah, I actually, uh, I'll take, I mean, most put Hosang at number two because the next guy, just from everything I read about um, Adrian, I would say Kemp, I think I said it was an yep. K-E-M-P. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, 6'2", 187 pounds, uh, center left wing, played for Modo under 20 in the Swedish league. Uh, the reason I really like this guy, because he's getting compared to my favorite player of all time, Peter Forsberg, who is actually the general manager of the Modo team. And he played for the Modo team many times in uh, his uh, career. So I'm really excited, actually. <laughs> If we get this guy, he, uh, he played for a lot of different teams last year, so I'm not going to go through every single stat this guy has. But uh, basically one of the best uh, European players that's out there right now. Uh, has a big body, which I think definitely the Blues love in their system. Uh, loves to be aggressive. That's what I like about him, too. He's very good along the boards, has pretty decent puck hand abilities, and he likes to go to the dirty areas, which... As we know with Ken Hitchcock and the Blues philosophy, that's definitely a thing they like to do. So, uh, what's something? Uh, so, what do you think of Adrian Kemper? He's is he on your radar? Uh, he is on my radar. I actually have him listed right outside my top five at about six or seven. Um, I love everything that he brings to the table, like you spoke of. Um, he's a big guy. He is a setup guy, so he could even if we drafted him, he could be a replacement for Oshi, who, let's face it, isn't going to be here forever. Um, but unfortunately, I think, you know, uh, you got to look at his tenure on teams. He bounces around a lot between the Moto teams. Um, he's been compared to Forsberg, but uh, he doesn't have the playoff magic necessarily that Peter Correct. Forsberg does, and he hasn't shown it yet. I know he can grow into that. That's why he's close to my top five, but that's why he just slipped outside because I'm thinking that, uh, you know, at least if maybe second rounder in the hands down, no no problem picking him. But uh, 
in the first round, I think we might want to try, you know, uh, mixing it up a little bit and getting a little more electrifying player overall. That's a good idea. So uh, why don't you give me a couple of the guys you got on your list right now? All right. Well, uh, first off is actually a man that uh, my buddy Jeff Ponder just released an article about today on the hockeywriters.com and ksdk.com about Ivan Barbashev. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this guy's the real deal. I think he is exactly what you just talked about, Adrian Kemp is. Um, he's a big, hard-bodied player that's going to fit into the Blues system nicely. I think that he is getting better defensively, so he's becoming a complete player, and it's at the right time because he's already an offensive threat, so he can move into that role between um, Schwartz and Tarasenko or even you know, eventually first-line role if he's replacing David Backus in the far future. Um, but I think that... Uh, him and Tara will be great together as a Russian connection. I'm pretty sure Jaden Schwartz could swing into that center role nicely, or we could have a Saboka there as well, which we better sign Saboka. I'm just saying that right now. I hear you. <laughs> um, but I really think that, you know, overall, he is the complete package that the Blues want, and he's got the hands, he's got the vision, he's a uh, setup guy as well as a goal scorer. Um, so he could bring that primary scoring in and be a real threat with Tarasenko and that Russian connection. Yes, I really like him as well. Uh, I guess another thing, which I'm, I believe this is correct. I believe he last year he was also a teammate of uh, a current blue, Dmitry Yaskin, on the uh, Moncton Wildcats of the QMJHL, I believe. The Q, yeah. Yeah, so I believe he they were teammates last year. I don't know if they're on the same line per se, but they both put up a uh, pretty good numbers, so are comparable numbers. So Blues fans kind of want maybe a sort of comparison, but not really. Uh, Dmitry Yaskin might be something you're looking at. Just they maybe play a similar game, but I think Barbashev is a better uh, setup guy. He's a lot more uh, pass-first mentality. Yep. So I like him. So what's another guy you got on your list? Um, another guy I got on my list. You know, it's uh, just like Barbashev. He's probably not going to last till 21 either. Um, this man, he great great work ethic and that's you know really that's blues hockey so i think he'll fit in great with the, our systems his name is robbie fabry he's out of Guelph in the uh, ohl he's only 510 and 166 so he's a small guy but he's crafty just like a saboka and just like a jaden schwartz also biggest thing about him is he consistently has shown throughout his young career that he can step up in the playoffs and moving forward that is what we need we need that Marion Gaverick. We need that Marion Hosa. We, we need that other Marion, except his name's Robbie Fabry. Exactly. So, yeah, I think the that's a definitely he was on my list as well. So let's go with one more guy on your list so we have five right. good prospects. Um, I got a couple more that I would want to talk about. Let's see. Uh, I guess I'll go with my trend of hoping that uh, these players last long enough to make it to the 21st pick. Uh, Jake Vertinen. He's in the WHL right now playing with the Calgary Hitmen, and he's 6'1", 190, so he's got that weight to him, and he can play that big-bodied game that the Blues love. He's coming off a 71-point season in the WHL, which is pretty darn good. And uh, he even, I mean, he showed in World Juniors on the national stage, biggest stage for his age, that he can be an almost point-a-game player, and that's huge. That means he's a balanced scorer. He doesn't have the greatest playoff numbers, which I was hoping, you know, the Blues could really get for, but that's why he's uh, lower on my list at number four or five. Um, I I think that he could last till 21. I think he'll be a great pickup if we can get him because he'll be a balanced scorer and he'll really add that depth that we need in the middle or on the left wing. And, um, you know, I think he's destined for great things with his size in our system. 
Yeah, definitely the Blues uh, definitely value size over uh, a lot of things, it seems like, sometimes. So yeah, sometimes be, too much. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully uh, we can get somebody with not only size but some skill. So yeah, that would be awesome. So. Burton and brings to the table. So that would be good. There's uh, There's about five guys right there, Blues fans, that I think definitely are at least realistic possibilities for the Blues. So keep an eye out for those guys. Uh, next uh, Friday night, the 27th of June, I believe. Uh, it's about, I think it's a 6 o'clock St. Louis time start. I'll have to double-check that. But Yeah, I believe it is 6 o'clock St. Louis time. Yep, and uh, that would be the – Four o'clock, St. Louis time. It might be four o'clock. Yes, they have a weird time. So, uh, the Blues uh, have that pick in the first round. That'll be the only pick uh, that day. They're only doing the first round the first day, and yep. then they're cr- they're cramming everything into the second day. Rounds two through seven will be that day. So, it'll be a lot of news coming Saturday. So, who knows uh, what's going to happen? So, kind of segue into our next uh, sort of talk about our free agency. Um, not really much has already happened so far for the Blues free agency wise outside of the Elliott signing. Uh, a couple of uh, coaching moves. We, don't, we won't go over those, but we'll just focus on the free agency. Uh, do you have any guys uh, out there for free agents that you think the Blues should target? Either let's just go free agency now, and then maybe if you got an idea if they're thinking of a trade possibility after that. Um, yeah, that's actually exactly what I like to talk about is the free agency to trade possibility because. I think that it's Berglund's time to go. Um, I think that, you know, we thank him for his service. He's a great player, but uh, he's not fitting into our system any longer, and we can get better guys to do it. So uh, he's still a pretty big name. We can get something decent for him without losing too many draft picks or other prospects or even other, you know, big names on the team or role players on the team. Um, So with either of these situations, whether it be a sign-and-then-trade deal or free agency, I think that – we should definitely be shopping Paul Stastny. He says he wants to stay in Colorado, but it depends on how large that discount's going to be off his, you know, bottom line. He's uh, he's worth a certain amount, and if Colorado's not willing to pay it because they're looking more into the future than in the past, then, um, you know, he might come back to his hometown here in St. Louis, and that'd be a great pickup for us. Uh, Jason Spezza is another guy we got a target for sure, but, uh, you know, is he the complete package? He's had a lot of injuries throughout his career. He's getting a little older now. Um he might even be a little soft and not be able to play Hitchcock's system and kind of fall into a Berglund problem or role. So um, I don't know. I think we need to target him. I think he'd be a good addition. But I think overall the best choice for us would have to be Ryan Kessler. I mean, the guy has played extensively with TJ Oshie, David Backus, Kevin Shattenkirk. Um, he's worked with a lot of the Blues players. He's played against them, so he knows them intimately. Uh, he plays a hard-nosed game, and he has been a prolific scorer in his career. So I think that we should target Kessler, what, and I think ideally it would be if he's still available. Obviously, this is best-case scenario for the Blues, but if he's still available in late summer where we can sign Bergie to some uh, one-year contract, two-year deal that's uh, around where he's at now, which I believe is like four, four-and-a-half, um, and then just trade him straight up for Kessler or give him – Berglund, a developing prospect that uh, I wish we wouldn't have already traded William Carrier because I would say him. but <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, somebody that's maybe in our system that's not necessarily going to turn into who we thought they were. And then a draft pick down the line, hopefully like third round, second round. Um, and I think that would be the best possible choice for us at this time. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I've been, I think, uh, 
can't believe who tweeted it yesterday, maybe Bob McKenzie, but saying that the uh, Blues and Vancouver have been rumored to be talking about Kessler, so one of the teams that inquired about Kessler. So I found that very interesting. I don't know if it's one of those you're trying to drive the price down on Spezza possibly, because the Blues have been linked in the past. Uh, actually, the past trade deadline they looked into it, but uh, uh, he was at the time price was too high, and they went with the Ryan Miller trade instead. So who knows what would have happened there if they maybe went with Spezza instead of Miller. Yeah. Uh, I, I still agree with the um, – I would like Paul Stasny out of anything. Uh, I only do like his skill. I think that's also a big marketing boom for the Blues, a hometown kid uh, coming home. And not only – you know, it's just not some random kid. It's actually, you know, somebody who's pretty good. Yep. So <laughs> I think I think it's somebody, something that they could rig a market around and it might help them out, uh, not only on the ice. Leader. Yeah, somebody you could put, uh, you know, market around, do some other stuff. Uh, yeah, it depends on the price and if they're going to let him go. Uh, it came out yesterday, or I believe today, actually, that uh, Colorado is on filed for uh, club arbitration on Ryan O'Reilly. So who knows what's going to happen in that case uh, since Ryan O'Reilly and the... Ongoing saga. Yeah, the, since that may be... Who knows what they're thinking over there. Some say it's just protect themselves. But he actually, with the new CBA, could get offer sheets. So I don't know what's going on over there. So... Um, yeah, who knows what's going to go on. They have some weird rules under this new <laughs> CBA, yes. I'll tell you that. Yeah, so I believe uh, unrestricted free agents can actually talk to other teams outside of the team they were with last year, starting on June 25th uh, this year, compared to in the past year, the way to July 1st, and then it came like, you know, like crazy. So you might actually have some handshake agreements or pretty much contracts agreed on ahead of time before July 1st. We never know what's going to happen. Around the draft time, an even bigger free agent frenzy. <laughs> yeah, which is going to be great. So I usually my favorite time of the summer is the draft to about two or three days after the about July Fourth. Usually, uh, usually have a lot of free. Usually by then, free agency kind of dies down. Usually the first couple of days are the most crazy, and after that, you kind of might have here and there signings, but overall, most yeah. of the big names are gone. So, yeah. yeah. So, do you think anything needs to be done on defense? Uh, I do. I think not much, though. Like, I could see us trading an Ian Cole for a different developing player. Um, I don't necessarily think he has the best attitude to gel with our system, but he has shown that he can step up and play the role. So either way, uh, he could be decent for us, or we could trade for somebody who might be a little bit better off in the long run. Um, I think the the trade rumors about Shattenkirk need to go away. Uh, we need to lock him up and lock Petrangelo up long-term, as we have, to make sure that they're the, our core D. They're going to continue to do what they do. Shattenkirk didn't have the best year this year, but he was a silent warrior, and he definitely stepped up in big times. He won a few shootouts for us. Um, he had assists all over the place, so he was a silent leader this year. Um, I think Jackman, you know, he's on his way out. Whether we trade him or he, he decides to retire, it's coming soon. Polak, maybe his time is up, too. So um, with Leopold being pretty old and, uh, you know, eventually could end up on waivers or something I see at this point, um, Carlo Koliakovo leaving, um, we're going to have a couple big guys step up. I think uh, I can never pronounce his name right, but Yanni Hakanpa. Hakanpa, yeah. I'm pretty sure, you know, he's almost ready. I'm thinking he's going to be a good replacement. He'll be a young guy. I think he's going to be similar to a Polak, but have a little more offensive capabilities like a Shattenkirk. Um, he'll be a stalwart D. Um, so, yeah, if we can really just move, like, either a Cole and a Leopold, um, 
Bo Meester is going to be good for a few more years. So just one of those two or maybe both of them and have Carlo fall off the books, um, we can get at least somebody decent to replace him, even if it's a, a, a more mature Nikita Nikitin at this point in his career. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I'd be, I've seen a couple of people bring his name up, so I'd be curious to see if that is a him coming back because he might. I don't know if that would be any better, but. <laughs> yeah, I think he's. If he is, it's going to be like a third, you know, third, def, you know, third defensive pairing. Um, oh yeah. Yep. I think I think Ian Cole does about the same, in my opinion. I mean, Nikita, I think is a little bigger. Uh, Cole, I think Cole's just with his uh, unfortunate just the weird playing time as he's had to endure. Like you get two or three games you're in, and then you're out for seven, then you're in for one, and then you're out for two or three, then you're in for eight. Uh, I feel for him, but at the same time, it's like you're a professional. Uh, you know, it's your, it's your job to sit there and, you know, try to win your job. I mean, who knows what's going on behind the scenes, but it seems like he's sort of fallen out of favor with the coaching staff, so I'm pretty interested to see what happens with him uh, this offseason yeah, and in the beginning of next season. It's interesting, too, with the situation in Columbus because that's John Davidson again. Yeah, so I mean, they've been uh, scooping up a lot of uh, – Former Blues, everything it seems like. So, yeah. so it seems you never know if somebody might be welcomed up there. They welcome a trade. So, be interesting if somebody goes over to the Columbus now, since they're in the Eastern Conference. Yep. So, well, let's just start wrapping it up here. So, Mike, uh, once again, thanks for coming on. I want you to uh, go ahead and let everybody know where they can uh, find your not only you on KSDK, but where can they find your writing at? Yeah, absolutely. It was my pleasure. I had a great time. Thanks for uh, having me. And uh, any listeners out there, definitely follow me on Twitter, at Pep30. That's at P-E-P-3-0. Um, that's where you'll find all my writing for the different sites I do, mostly the hockeywriters.com uh, is where I'll be writing, and you can check out anything about the Blues. I also write about the uh, some other topics as well a little bit, and uh, ksdk.com. Under the Blues tab, you can always find our uh, me and Jeff Ponder's work, and uh, you can always see both of us on ksdk.com with uh, the face-off show. So. That's how to find me. Yeah, and like I said, I like uh, usually I, there's about a handful of people's articles and stuff I read about blues that I like, and you're included in that group, so that's why I'm glad to have you on. So uh, I really appreciate you coming on, spending some time with us. So maybe uh, before the season, we'll have you on again. Maybe do a little blues preview. Maybe have you and Jeff on at the same time. Who knows? We'll have a little roundtable discussion. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be awesome. Uh, like I said, it was my pleasure. So uh, thanks for having me. Glad you like my work. Hopefully I'll, you'll keep liking it. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely uh, put some links on when this is posted on the website at blueshockeypodcast.com. I'll have some links not only to the KSDK face-off show. I'll also have links to the hockey writers, and I'll have it to uh, Mike's profile. So you'll be able to check out all his current, his most current article and all his prior articles. So once again, thank you, Mike. Thank you. Have a nice Thank night. Thank you. Thanks.